welcome to the Big Black Clock Podcast. Now, let's see what the guys have to say. Welcome back to the Big Black Clock, everybody. We're at episode 84. And oh, I'm shit. jumping right in to be to host this because my voice is incredible today. <laughs> very sexy. You were like very very white uh, vibes there. Yeah, but it's Barry White, uh, Riddle with Media. <laughs> you know, so I'm sure he still gets light. But, um, you know, there's like this like sexy smoker's voice, like that that stereotype that like women have a sexy smoker's voice. That doesn't happen with guys, does it? When they sexy get sick, they don't sound voice? any... S- no, probably not. Sexy well, sm- well, no, no. Doesn't no probably not. Well, I mean, if you're sick, I think you can sound okay. By the way, Barry White has been dead since 2003, so... You have his vibes now. <laughs> Fine. Then, then he means like. <laughs> oh fuck! Yeah, Jesus Christ. <laughs> what was that? He's too soon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's, uh, uh, unfortunate. My dad uh, actually called me today because he's a. Yeah, I heard it on the, the news as well. And uh, yeah, we're gonna beat that out. <laughs> all well, right. Diba's gonna beep this one out. Now I can say I everything I want. Out, guys. It's all Diba's working control. on this one. Yeah, this one is you're my off, control. Uh, I'm beeping nothing. <laughs> sandcastles and stuff yeah i'm adding bad words <laughs> exactly <laughs> so we're going to so how are you guys doing this week what's going on how are you uh, doing well, tree uh, <laughs> i love how carl started answering and <laughs> yeah <laughs> i'm doing very well thanks for asking me first kevin uh, uh very well actually i went to uh, i was gonna say i went to toronto um well I, i'm gonna do a recheck uh, right away I, I went to toronto last weekend uh just to see some friends and what'd you the buy? Whole, the whole, nothing yet, nothing yet, nothing yeah. yet. Uh, it's, I'm gonna keep it a surprise. Um, I wore, I brought, I only brought one watch with me for what three, four days, and I, I brought my Seiko SP143, which I put on my rubber uh, strap that I purchased uh, not long ago. It's Honestly, the OEM strap. I actually, for the first time, yeah, exactly. It's a Seiko OEM strap. Uh, yeah. It's the first time I never actually took the watch at all in four days right i slept yeah. in with, I, I didn't take it to the shower but because it's just yeah. unnecessary i find for your like diver if, of course <laughs> what i mean no but i meant like but i meant like wearing a watch in general in the shower if yeah you know, there's yeah. no reason for it right no uh yes it will, will survive for sure uh but yeah I, I slept wearing this watch also uh we went to like a bar went to restaurants and we went out and we, were, we got caught in the rain like it was great like honestly never came off my wrist and i never felt uncomfortable it's a fucking awesome watch really really i'm really enjoying this strap it was a good purchase anybody listening like all of the seiko mm200 right the reissues or actually any seiko that's a I think the turtle, the Captain Willard, and the the the, 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 like the sumo style there, or the one that you had, the limited edition, they all have the same lugged width, and they can all, I think, work with the OAM straps, and they have different colors. I have a black one, but there's also a blue one, like a dark blue, like navy. Very, very nice. Highly recommended. I, so, I, yeah. I like that Willard. I really oh, do. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think like the, the worst waffle, part is that it uh, sucks, because like, I really... I really like the green one, and I'm like, I know I like it, but I'm not gonna wear it if I buy it. <laughs> it's like, Fuck. Man, why? Just try. Maybe it'll grow on you. Maybe, like and mold. it's an, it's a different green. It's not as it's like that uh, army olive green. It's kind of subtle, very matte in there. It's quite nice. Carl, what are you wearing? What are you doing? How are you doing? Uh, well, I'm doing better than you, I think, uh, with your voice. <laughs> uh, everything what are you talking right? about? I'm thriving here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the way you <laughs> said thriving was just like <laughs> I'm dying. <laughs> um, 
everything's all right. I'll I'll go like Dima. I've been wearing the same watch for uh, the whole week, and it's my uh, Twitter Pelagos Marine Nationale, and um, that Velcro strap is really really comfortable. It's really nice to wear, but I don't feel it looks the best for that watch. I really need to go get right. some um, some NATOs. The more I, the more I wearing wearing it, the more it's like oh, it's really comfy, but doesn't look the best. It's still like Velcro. So <laughs> and, you know for, a good. Um, a good, um, I think, strategy, at least for the look, is is honestly using Instagram. If you find a hashtag of TudorFXD, right, and then you see what people are, are putting on straps of it, and then you can be like, wow, that's really nice. Hell, I've even commented and say, hey, what is that? And then like, oh, I got this strap from there, and I yeah. got and bought it myself. So definitely a good uh, the habit out there to take a look at that. Yeah. I, uh, just to add, uh, like, uh, I agree with you. I, I follow a bunch of specific hashtags. On Instagram that are specific to like a model of a watch that I want to buy or already have, yeah. right? Just to kind of see like if there's different strap options or just if I like the watch, if it grows on me or not. So, that's great. Yeah, yeah. I'll think I'll still gonna aim for like a dark blue with a gray accent, like the original um, Velcro has, uh, but just not a Velcro. <laughs> you should <laughs> also look at the the Marine Nationale strap itself, which is blue with a white stripe down the middle, just one, right? And that's also really nice if you could get one that really matches. Yeah, but right now it's it's blue gray. with a gray uh, line, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. So, so um, I would look right away, look at crown and buckle and look at the chevron straps. They're single pass NATOs that'll really thin it out and they have that similar style. And they're through. not bad. They're like 35 US dollars. And a hundred and five dollars shipping. <laughs> I mean, exactly. listen. If you find something on Crown Buckle, let me know. We could maybe buy something together and and split the the shipping costs. Because yeah. I, yeah. I kind of want to uh, buy a sailcloth uh, for my uh, SPB. Or if maybe. it's um, free in the US, we can ship it there too. All right. So I'm obviously you know super healthy right now. Nothing wrong. <laughs> I'm not coughing up. Yeah, you look you know, great. I look excellent. <laughs> coughing you kidding me? blood. The, the, yeah, all of that, you know, sweat that I have from the fever yeah. that just yeah. makes me look glistening, you know? The, the blood um, that's coming out of your ears, that's good, ex- right? Exactly. <laughs> the pus so, from his eyes. <laughs> I'm actually going to do my wrist check to introduce the subject. <clears throat> so the subject we wanted to do is we're starting to see now the the hype or craze, at least on social media, start to, you know, st- starting to slow down around the moon swatch. Um, definitely still can't get one. But I can certainly say, you know, in talking with Carl and D- Dimitri, um, do we still have the same hype, the same interest that we did? And we're, or we're, we're more falling into the, ah, well, if we get it, we'll get it. We'll get it when we get it. You know, we're not as um, maybe as obsessed as we once were or wanting to get our hands on one. And the reviews are starting to come out now. Honest reviews, people after one month of use. And what we thought is, if you still can't get one now and it's still not going to be sold, what are the different alternatives that we listed? We were thinking of what alternatives are there that one could think of to get instead of the moon swatch? And we thought that'd be a great topic for today. And that's what we're going to go to. We each have prepared three to four picks of what, I, I don't know. Carl, how many did you prefer finally? Um, well, it's two chronos and none that none non chrono. So three watches. <laughs> okay. okay, well, this is okay. three. That's good. We'll, we'll see what you did to see why it's a, an, an alternative, right? Because anything could be an alternative, you know? 
So what yeah, shorted uh, ones? Okay, but they're, they're all quartz and they're all within the same like two hundred dollar bracket. Like that's all. That's okay. the only thing that you said was comparable. Well, yeah, well, yes and no. The three watches I I picked, I think, and I'll explain all my p- pieces. That's why? All, uh, fine. I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. <laughs> so I'll go first, and that's my wrist check because I have one of the picks that I wanted to share today. So my first pick, which is actually a rebuy that I had, is the Seiko SNA four one one, the uh, Flight Master. It's called. Flighty. So the the watch is sometimes called um, the poor man's Navi timer. Um, or or women's <laughs> or the Seiko SNA 411 Flightmaster. So among the Seikos, and this is now discontinued, um, this is a quartz chronograph uh, with a slide rule bezel. Um, and in the history, just to get quickly through what the chronograph was in the Seiko lineup and how it got to this Flightmaster, you had the original... Uh, Seiko Speed Timer, which is the Pogue, the one that I had that came out in the 60s. Uh, and then later on, and it became very popular. Bruce Lee had the 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 Speed Timer that was blue, uh, black actually as well. It's, there's there's a lot of, of of history behind that, uh, you know, argument because it's all the picture's all black and white. And then, <clears throat> and then. Uh, you had the Pogue that was worn, and you have a bunch of these different examples out still out there to be able to buy as as mechanical chronographs. And then in the eighties, they went away from that. And this is one watch that you really love, Carl, the Royal Air Force Seiko, which is that military quartz chronograph that um, that uh, Seiko released that doesn't have the slide rule bezel, very minimalistic, and uh, was commissioned by the um, the British military to provide these disposable quartz chronographs. Yep. And through the 80s, <clears throat> they came out with those phenomenal quartz chronographs that were also a little bit more dressed up. Roger Moore wore one in James Bond. The, the movement was the 7A28. I had a gold one as well, and they have these different um, kind of like dress chronographs. Finally, when they got into the 90s, they came out with this watch and a bunch of other ones starting called the, well, not this one specifically, but this example, which was called the flight computer because it was so built with complex functions, three to four registers uh, with an alarm complication, 100 meters of water resistance, a slide bezel, a slide rule bezel that allowed you as a pilot to be able to make different calculations on you know your fuel consumption and whatnot. So this watch is um, a phenomenal watch, a rebuy for me, comes on a uh, metal bracelet. Um, a lot of people will want to switch it out because it, there's there's seemingly a little bit of, of issues behind it. So you have this beautiful dial, Hardlex crystal, um, a lot of details on the dials with applied indices. You have a date, you have a 60-minute chronograph, you have screw-down pushers, 200 meters of water resistance. The um, watch comes in at a sizable 42 millimeters, but it's that right size. It really makes you feel like you're wearing a Breitling Navi timer. The caliber is a 7062 movement, so you know it's a trustworthy, reliable Seiko chronograph movement. And it's a mechanical chronograph, so once you deploy and depress the to engage the actual chronograph movement, <clears throat> the second hand has a sweep as if it were to be mechanical. Finally, the watch... Um, comes in at a very reasonable 13 millimeters of thickness. But the last piece that I'm going to say, which is the only con of this watch, is that it has a 21 millimeter lug width. Ooh. So it's very Longines that way. So it makes it difficult. A lot of NATOs can go out, but straps are harder to find. 
and the position of the actual holes in the lugs are actually very very weird they're very low onto it so it makes it hard to put on a different strap anyway i put it on the bracelet i love this watch it is um really a great grab and go quartz a lot of fun has breitling navy timer feel but is not an homage doesn't look just like it it really is a flight computer and has really good um wonderful details so yeah i'll stop there for a second and uh unlike a navy timer and I'm, i think correct me if i'm wrong here this one has a 200 meter water resistance while the navy timer does not I be- yes, I believe you're you're right. I believe the Navi timer, depending which one, there are different iterations, but the one that is supposed to look like, no, it does not have, I think it only has 50 meters of water resistance or 30. Space certified. <laughs> everything's space certified. <laughs> Pretty much everything is space certified. <laughs> <laughs> There's no so yeah, this is a really, <laughs> really, really uh, wonderful watch. And um, yeah, definitely a keeper. I'm glad I, I, I bought it again and um, definitely one that is just grab and grow. Probably a great travel watch. For sure. And, and how much can you get it for comparing to the Moon Oh, watch? sorry, exactly for the price. Affordable. So we're talking what is the Moon Watch's go, watch was going for 250 US or whatever. This yeah, watch I was able to pick up on Joma Shop at 199 US. Yeah, okay. That's crazy. Yeah, it's 260 US, the uh, Moon, Moon's watch. Moon's watch, okay. So this yeah. was 199 one, uh, US. On Joma Shop discontinued and going up in value as as the as you know examples come and go, but uh, definitely going up. So very happy I picked it up and uh, it's not leaving my collection this time again. I'm going to keep it for sure. And you know, honestly, I, I agree with you. It's cheaper and infinitely better than the Moon's Watch. I mean, by everything, by all, by all categories. Yeah, by all standards. So that was my first pick and my wrist check for today. Who wants to go next? Um, um, I can go next, or Carl, if you want. Well, I also have a Seiko. I, okay. I know your picks. Uh, do you want me to go with my Seiko? And after that, sure. You do I more? have a Seiko as well. So go ahead. Yeah, I'll cool. go. I'll go. Perfect. Ahead. So my Seiko is uh, for uh, an alternative for the Moon, Moon's Watch is the Seiko SSB03. SS. Yeah, B. Zero three one or zero three. I think. Uh, uh, yeah, 031 uh, I found. On the yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's a Mecha Quartz, and it's the predecessor of the uh, current generation of the Prospect Speed Timer. So it's discontinued. Uh, but I choose that watch because it really resembles to a lot of, uh, for, for a lot of angle to uh, an Omega Speedmaster. Um, so there's the three subdials, uh, there's the uh, tachymeter on the bezel, and that's really really uh like i said resemble to the uh omega moon swatch with swatch um 40 millimeter for the uh stainless stainless steel case um and it's it's the an iron plated uh fixed bezel uh so that's what gives it its shiny uh black finish um lug to lug it's 47 millimeters so it's a bit bigger if i'm not mistaken than the um moon swatch <laughs> to yep. to some extent uh, the caliber in it is the 6T63 uh, so like I was saying a bit earlier it's a quartz movement but it also has the uh, mechanical function like um, Kevin was explaining a, a bit earlier so um, quartz movement takes once every second uh, chronograph ends on the uh, on this SSB031 moves five times per second so as fast as many automatic watches uh, that you can find for the second ends so it looks like a, almost like a sweeping second, right? It's uh, like a like a Grand Seiko, let's say, seconds movement. 
Very smooth. Uh, not, I don't think that much. Uh, the Grand Seiko, I think it's more than that, right? It's like eight or ten per second. Uh, Kevin can correct us uh, right here, right now. But <laughs> well, I think I think he can only correct us with the Casio G-Shocks. If you throw them on the floor, he's just like, "Oh, this is this is a reference uh, GA twenty one hundred R one." Well, which one are you talking about? Um, I was saying that uh, the uh, the movement is six three sixty three that we find in the um, uh, chronograph I'm talking about right now. The second Zen is moving uh, five times per second. Dima was saying like a Grand Seiko, and I was saying I think Grand Seiko is more time per second than that. Uh, the high beat is thirty six thousand beats, so that's ten second. That's ten ticks a second. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so it's so half, half of a Grand Seiko, but uh, I think it's normally uh, automatic movement uh, will run around those five times per second, right? If I'm not mistaken. Anyhow, <clears throat> so that watch. Um, the only thing I was reading online, I didn't have a chance to uh, try one on yet, uh, but the big downfall for that watch is the um, stainless steel bands or the bracelet that comes on it. Uh, it's all low hand links, uh, it's rust steel finish, and it's super, super lightweight. The problem with that is the watch case is way heavier than the bracelet, so you do see a disparency there, but all of that is pretty okay because you can find those watches right now for 200 US to 400 US. Uh, box paper and everything. They're still discontinued, but you can still find them on eBay, on uh, Chrono 24 and stuff like that. So for me, it was a quick introduction just because I know what Dima's going to talk about for his uh, Seiko pick. Uh, but I think that's a really great alternative for any uh, Moon's watch. At that price, it's right there in the middle. You can find just under or just over. And it gives you pretty much everything you want for uh, 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 Chrono. And it's in stainless steel, not in plastic. <laughs> okay. Yeah, it's a great watch. I really like it. Yeah, very good. So um, my pick is a bit more expensive. It was kind of not easy to find, like say, a very good alternative. I think at least for me, uh, for a moon swatch, because I was I was thinking of when I was searching, I was kind of looking for uh, a Speedmaster, right? Uh, so a chronograph that's very high contrast, easy to read, uh, and also unaffordable, right? There's not a lot of choices. Anyway, so this one I went with. It's the Seiko Prospects. Uh, Prospect stands for Professional Specification Line on, on Seiko's uh, watches. Uh, this is a Seiko Prospect Speed Timer Chronograph model number SBDL091. Uh, alternatively, I think the other model number is SSC819. Why I like this watch is that uh, it's a bit more expensive. Unfortunately, it's kind of double almost the price the the moon swatch so get <laughs> get a get a get a moon swatch and sell it on the second hand market for a lot of money and then get this watch so it's a six hundred dollar same range you know similar range I guess it's a it's a six hundred dollar watch it's not a it's not an automatic um, uh, movement so it's not a it's not a mechanical chronograph it's a coarse chronograph but it's a very cool coarse chronograph why I like it is I think this watch is actually the case it's almost exactly the same case shape and a bracelet that uh, my SPB one forty three has so it's a forty millimeter uh, case with a 20 millimeter, uh, 20 millimeter lag width and it's actually 39.5 I think and it's only 13.3 millimeters thick it takes that vintage uh, uh, vintage case shape from like the original uh, chronographs that the Seiko was making actually Seiko created the first uh, chronograph in Japan back in 1964 uh, and this movement why I really thought it was very cool because it's a it's a Seiko solar movement it's called uh, V192 solar powered quartz. So w the one thing that's really, really cool about this is is that uh, fully charged uh, on the solar power, this watch can last for six months 
and it has a precision of about plus minus 15 seconds per month. What's great about these solar movements is that you don't have to change ever the battery for like 25 years or something like that is the it's life amazing. that they read. Yeah. Like imagine six months on one charge, right? It's, it's, it's ridiculous. That means if you charge and throw it in a drawer. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's amazing. Yeah. It's amazing. And the bracelet is super nice. I think it's exactly the same shape and bracelet. Well, apart from obviously the, the pushers uh, that my SPB 143 has. Uh, the bracelet has a milled clasp as well. So it's a decently, it's a decently nice quality for, of a watch for that price. For 600 yeah. bucks, you get a watch that's very, very, let's say, uh, thin, that, that goes under your cuff easily, not, not commanding too much space on your wrist could be worn anywhere especially in space and i think with a little bit more investment it's it's a much better alternative for a moon swatch definitely and what i really love about this, so one of them is really going up in price so i put myself on the list i want to buy that watch as well i really want the white one they call it the seiktona mm-hmm. um so it's one of the few things I really like about that watch. One, the cells, the solar cells that charge the batteries are in the registers. That's where the, the cells are. And you can see it when you put it in direct light where the cells actually hide. It's underneath the little registers. Second thing is 100 meters of water resistance. The quality of that watch is really good. Water resistance is 100 meters. Yeah, it's amazing. Yeah, it's really, really good. And the quality of the bracelet, everything's a very nice watch. If that watch, they tripled it in price and made it almost 2000 bucks as an automatic, it might sell. I think so. It might. Uh, it might. One more thing. Also, you get a Sapphire Crystal. Yeah, it's Sapphire Crystal. Yeah, so exactly. it's a really, a, a, a ton of watch for 600 bucks. Absolutely. Very hard it could to be a grab to, and go. It could be your only watch. It's dressy, it's sporty, 100 meter. You could do everything, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I really like that watch. And they have the blue one that's nice, but I really like the white with the, the reverse one. And that. Yeah. I, I've signed up to Noman. The problem is that they email me at like two in the morning so by the time i wake up i'm like oh i'll go and boom it's sold out you're like all right yeah no it's beautiful uh i, I do love that too uh th- yeah, i do love it nice. too the the classic so if you say see the, black the picture one, you just send yeah look at the cell the cells for charging the battery underneath the registers it's really cool yeah that's why it's like a different blue yeah 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 that's very cool and the bezel's wonderful yeah and the classic one the one with the black dial is basically almost identically looking to a speedmaster yeah absolutely definitely a good yeah. alternative Definitely a good investment on the affordable side. Very good pick. Very good pick. My so second the, pick, so I this, went. This episode yeah. is slowly turning into uh, how can you get a Speedmaster for two hundred bucks? But I went with some alternatives, and now I'm going like my my mine looks more of like a Navi timer. It doesn't really look like a Speedmaster, but it's a good alternative to the Moon Swatch at the price. And I'm I'm going to still stick to that. So I went with uh, Dan Henry as my second pick. So if, for people listening, Dan Henry is a legendary collector. Started really in 1998 his collection apparently it seems he has between 15 and 1600 uh, watches in his collection but not only the number of watches the type of watches the exclusivity the unique pieces that he has are something that is is remarkable he has a really good website called dan henry timeline i think it's called but it gives you a different different eras and different watches that belong to that era his mantra of the dan henry watch brand which he started to build watches, was to democratize the aesthetics of some of these incredible watches. So everything is very vintage inspired. While I'm not a fan these days of the whole vintage aesthetic because I've tried to get it away from that, he, what he does, which I really like though, is that he does a very good faithful reproduction of that vintage timepiece without, copy, without stealing it entirely. <coughs> He makes subtle changes. And 
what he also does is he doesn't invest in putting the 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 automatic movement so he makes it very affordable puts a lot into the design and he puts in a seiko um um quartz chronograph movement and he also puts in a, a seiko automatic movement for his divers and he has different years with different watches um reflecting that year and the the year i'm going with that he has is the 1992 which is a racing chronograph which a lot like the omega speedmaster has the classic lines of a great complex chronograph the external bezel that has the tachymeter showing the speed the three sub dials showing the essential information of time minutes and hours and the concept was created to you know was 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 created for the punishing conditions of a racetrack so the 62 which looks a lot like an universal geneve complex is a 39 millimeter in diameter chronograph it comes in the variation of a panda evil panda and a blue and it's a mechanical quartz movement so as the accuracy of a course of a corp of a quartz <laughs> but it also has that feel when you deploy when you depress and engage the chronograph of a mechanical uh, sweeping hand um, and what's really a nice little touch when it gets to the 31st day of the month it comes up in red in the date uh, my Seiko's does that when it gets to Sunday Sunday is red and Saturday is written in blue but this one it does it so it reminds you to adjust the date on that 31st day if it's, there's not 31 days that's why it's in red that's nice um, the watch is limited edition to guess how many pieces 1,962 <laughs> Hmm. So again, 39 millimeter case, 13.5 millimeters thick, 20 millimeter lug to lug. So you can swap it out. Uh, 45 and 0.9, so 46 millimeter lug to lug. Um, the watch comes with a double dome K1 mineral crystal, and it's a VK63 mecha quartz movements with 50 meters of water resistance. And uh, God, Dimitri, you're going to hate me. I didn't pull up the price, but I think it's like two sixty US. It's two hundred and seventy dollars US. I'm just looking at it right ah, now. It was off by ten bucks. Yeah, two seventy yeah. US. Oh, so you're fired. We weren't paying you before, but you're fired anyways. <laughs> yeah. So Dan Henry, I really I love their watches, and for someone who's new into this hobby, I don't know if you're gonna be listening. Maybe you'll be listening to this episode because you want to get into the Moon Swatch, and you're saying, "Ugh," and then you see the title of this episode as an alternative. Dan Henry is a good brand as a as an entry into this hobby to get a feel of what watches look like, good quality of how watches are built, and um, to have a relationship with someone who's really passionate about watches. So that that's my second pick. Yeah, very good. Very good. I was going to say, Dan Henry in general, I find their watches are, all of their watches are year numbered, and they all do a very good job capturing a specific era in watchmaking. In that year, It's exactly. fantastic. It's, it. it's, 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 a, it's beautiful. Yeah, really well thought out. Who's going next? Who wants to go well, next? Uh, well, I'll continue. We'll, we'll keep the same uh, flow. And uh, f funny enough, my second pick, uh, I think, is a affordable alternative to the Seiko Prospect speed, ti speed timer that uh, <laughs> Dima had. <clears throat> yeah. A and it's the first time for me, I think, on this podcast, picking a, a watch from that brand is an Orient. Oh, so okay. It's the Orient okay? Neo 70s. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm sweating. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, I so, love that watch, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, awesome. So, it's awesome. Kaz has one, the Christmas chrono. Uh, Two watch knobs. Yeah, yes. and it's just so, like your uh, uh, Seik Tona. Yeah. Yeah, so the reference for that watch is the WV0041TX. Um, 
So I think it's a pretty similar um, solar-powered movement as the uh, speed timer that Dimo was talking about. Uh, there's a six month of uh, power reserve when it's fully charged. Um, bit bigger. Uh, the speed timer that Dimo was talking a bit earlier was 39 millimeters, if I'm not mistaken. This Orient, uh, they say 41 to 42. So I'm guessing 41.5 <laughs> uh, millimeters, and the lug width is 22. Uh, uh, lug width 22 millimeters. So when you look in photos for that watch, what I, I find really interesting is it's start, starting to get a bit bigger on the 41 plus uh, millimeters for the case, uh, case size, but it doesn't look big in pictures. So for me, that that indicate that the proportion of the watch are pretty well done. What's the uh, lug what, to lug? I think it's 22. Oh, lug to lug. Lug width is 22. I don't have the lug to lug in um, my spec sheet. So uh, go, uh, go uh, get uh, it uh, yourself. <laughs> I'll look it up. Um, ten bar water resistance. Uh, there's loom on the in- all the indices, the ends, um, and for me with those specs, pretty much an everyday watch, and especially at two hundred and fifty bucks US. Um, quick, quick comment. I found lug to lug. It's a website called Shopping in Japan. The watch is available there now. Yeah, uh, it's forty eight point seven. So there, it's a, yeah. So it's still substantial, but it's a nice. Uh, it's a, yeah. It's a chronograph. It's made to be uh, on the larger side. Yeah, Japanese watches tend to be in general for smaller people, <laughs> bigger watches because. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so so yeah, I, I think it's a, a good all around uh, watch, especially for that price at two fifty US. Uh, I think it's a lot of watch. Um, I also think that the Penda colors, I know uh, higher contrast Penda color like this, so in Vetten Prada, the reason is for, uh, so it's easier to read, but I think it's also well executed on that watch. Uh, they right. doesn't have an uh, outside bezel, it's like an inner bezel with for the uh, seconds, like the 05 to the 60, uh, and it's pretty well written. Um, it, like even on pictures, I find it really clear to see all the uh, indices and numbers on that watch. Uh, so it really catched my eyes, and it was the first time ever that an Orient popped out like on a list of watch I was looking to, uh, looking into uh, earlier when I was doing my um, my research. As my first pick being the Seiko Mecha Quartz, the SSV031, I was looking online and on the interwebs, and most of the people what they're saying is uh, the bracelet quality is the his uh, the bad side of that watch. Uh, but you can find a lot of pictures of people that put that watch on NATOs, on uh, racing, uh, leather bands and stuff like that. And it really brings up the, well, <clears throat> the look on that watch as well. So uh, you get it, you remove the, the bracelet and you go with bands or NATOs and uh, you call it right. a day. So, and, yeah. yep. and just and just to, to add on, um, strap code, uh, just like a Seiko bands, has replacement st- bracelets for yep. this watch. So you yep. go to strap code, pay 60, 60 bucks, and get a full milled, perfectly fitting bracelet for this watch. Yep, uh, and I'm sure it's going to bring the look and f- quality feel like tenfold for sure. Uh, and exactly, it's worth. during my research when I was looking uh, with that, the Strap Code was one of the first website coming up with that reference number. They have a whole like blog post about all the straps that they tried on and everything. They, they use it as a reference for a bunch of stuff. So uh, there's a huge aftermarket support for that watch and. Uh, when I was reading into it, I was also find it nice that it's a solar powered through the subdials. Um, Amazing. So it's a like I said, it's the prospect speed timer affordable alternative. <laughs> yeah. What I really like they did on this watch as well, and I've seen it before. I uh, I have uh, tried it on. It's quite nice. Is the hour and the minute hand are skeletonized? 
Yes. So it never covers the view of the registers. That's really nice. And I love that the date dial, the date window, sorry, they didn't do it as an afterthought. It's properly cut out. It has, it's stepped. You yes. know, it's not just cut out. It has an, um, an edge to it that, get, that gives it more of a, a focus on the date. So, you know, really well done. I, I, everything yeah. that I watch is, is really but, well thought out. But it, it, it's well executed, the date window, but it's still between uh, four and five. So it's kind I'm of- I'm not against that. I, I just find it weirdly, weirdly place. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't like that on El Primero between four and five uh, yeah. because I just don't yeah, like the date in El Primero in general. But I think yeah. here but it that, looks pretty good. Yeah, but yeah. here also, you know, for that price, you go like, okay, they only had a couple of movement they could get for that price. They had a date. A, a date. They they dealt with it. El Primero, for the price that I'll watch, they should have alternatives <laughs> yeah, <I laughs> of agree. like the movement or, or stuff like that, right? Uh, but yeah, that was my second pick, and it's my I think my first Orient. I didn't find any in my notes, so <laughs> go Orient. Yeah, yeah, uh, it's an uh, interesting observation uh, I, I was going to make is that I was going to say that uh, my next watch will be the first departure from anything Seiko-related, because so far <laughs> we've only been talking about Seiko watches or movements. Yeah. Uh, but I'm wrong, because I'm going to talk about Yema, uh, which is also using a Seiko movement. <laughs> so Yema is a French company that uh, I kind of I'm kind of been crushing on uh, for a little while, up and down. Let's say like some watches I almost bought and then I changed my mind because I think design wise they are really hitting it on the nail. Like it's amazing, amazing design choices. The brand itself yeah. is from France. They started in 1948. Uh, they, to be honest, have been uh, very, very kind of present uh, in the middle of the 20th century. They've been uh, at the forefront, let's say, of watch innovation, and they are known to have created a bunch of really, really successful watches, which they're still building today. Uh, they, at some point in 1963, created the like one of the first 300-meter uh, diver watches, which was used, and then they collaborated with Marine Nationale uh, to create a, a specific, specific version of the Yemover, of the Yemover watch Navigraph. At some point, they've released a watch that I'm going to be talking about. It's the watch uh, called uh, uh, Yema Rallygraph, which is, an, again, which is a, during the time when watches started to become popular among race drivers, which is how a Speedmaster also initially started, right, as a, as a chronograph for racers. Uh, uh, Yema created a, a, a Rallygraph watch, which at some point was worn by Mario Andretti for a while, who, you know, was, was a legend in, in race car driving, and I'm sure, Carl, yeah. you have a lot to say about that. Um, finally, <laughs> yeah, the, he used to f race against like uh, Wario all the time, right? Yeah, exactly. This guy. Right? Oh my god, <laughs> he, he's <laughs> the one that throws bananas, <laughs> turtles to other turtles. people, and like him <laughs> constantly trying to get, chasing women. Man, that's fighting uh, uh, his brother for them. Yeah. One thing to say is also about uh, this brand. Uh, the other thing they tried to do, they also wanted to go to space. So in uh, 1978, they created a watch called. Um, not fly, they created fly graph and also they created, I think, a space graph. Uh, and they, oh, sorry, spationaut. So they, 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 they put this watch on a, on a French cosmonaut or astronaut, they call him, Jean Lou Chrétien. And he, on June 24th, 1982, went into space for a 10 day trip, which is crazy, <laughs> right? Could, with, with a name like this, it could only be French. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, unfortunately, they didn't really survive the, the uh, course crisis. And uh, in the mid-80s, they were sold off to another company, and at some point, Seiko owned them. So they left France. And only in 2009, they were acquired back by, an, uh, by a company back from Seiko, and they moved back to France. So now they're producing watches in France again, 
and they they revived let's say all of the classic watches that they were making in the middle of the 20th century so i chose uh rallygraph why i chose rallygraph because it kind of reminds me a little bit of what a speedmaster looks like it uses a, a seiko uh, mecha quartz mechanism, which I think is very cool by itself. I, I kind of have to have. I think I need to have a mecha quartz in my in my collection, because what's cool about it is that it's a quartz watch, but the the chronograph movement is powered by a mechanical component. So it, it has like a yeah. slipping second that looks like a mechanical watch when you engage the chronograph. Uh, the watch itself is uh, a 39 millimeter uh, diameter watch, a 20 millimeter lug width, 13 millimeter thickness. It's a uh, 316L stainless steel using the Seiko VK64 mechanism. Uh, 10 bar water resistance. It's a chronograph that comes on the... Um, it comes with different straps, and the one that I'm looking at, it's a, I think it's a reverse panda, they call it, right? The black dial with the white subdials. And it comes on a metal mesh bracelet. The watch itself I'm looking at, the price it's, is about 350, 350 US dollars for this. I think it's a very good... Uh, alternative to a moon swatch and again like our previous watches it to me it seems like it's better in every single aspect than the moon swatch and it's uh, it's almost exactly the same price i think maybe 50 dollars more expensive than a moon swatch and available also um which we don't necessarily like very much yema has been especially recently caught kind of selling their watches at huge discounts which to me doesn't really look good. It kind of makes me lose a bit of credibility. Well, it makes them. I agree. It makes them lose credibility in my eyes, uh, because you know you buy a watch for three hundred fifty bucks, and then you, on, at Christmas you have a discount that sells same watch sells for two fifty or like two two twenty. That's a bit uh, too much, uh, I find. But apart from that, uh, they make really really nice watches. I think you won't go wrong if you go and pay a full price for it. But I would recommend if you want to go, maybe wait and find it on sale somewhere. I agree. There's also been um, a lot of uh, stories out there of people with really bad quality control issues with Yema and some tough customer service stories. Not that they're going to rip you off, but just like it hasn't been as, as, as great as it could be. A lot of quality control issues, like a lot. So yeah, definitely uh, they need to step up their, their game on that front for sure. That part is unfortunate and you know, there's no, nothing I can say about it. It's unfortunate that, that that's the case because I find that pretty much all of the watches that they make are very, very nice looking watches. Uh, oh, yeah. And you know, I'm, not, I'm talking about the VK64, like the quartz movements, but they have a lot of watches that are uh, using uh, mechanical chronograph movements that are much more expensive. Maybe the quality of there is better, uh, but um, I think we should own it at some point and see for ourselves. Oh, yeah, of course. All right, very good. So I, uh, it's my turn then, yes? Yes. So the other watch I'm going with is a little bit more expensive, but I think can be had for for approximately the same price. Well, so I went with if a you s- suck a bunch of dicks, then you get a watch at a discount. <laughs> Not only watch everything. <laughs> uh, <laughs> How do you think I have That's everything? My, my first house, house. <laughs> my my car, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Groceries, so, my clothes. <laughs> the one I'm going with. Wow, you know, all quiet, and then we start talking about <laughs> dick sucking. Carl's like, look, wait, it was, let's, let's go. Listen. It's like the pressure. The pressure was building up. We had to unleash at some exactly. point. The, the, the episode was too serious until now. <laughs> yeah. So the watch I'm going with is a Bulova. It is the Lunar Pilot. So Omega has a long, you know, long, 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 long story claiming to be the only watch worn on the moon. Um, and in 2015, uh, oh, 
I th- Apollo 15. I think yeah. you're wrong. I think it's Sailor Moon, Kevin. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sailor Moon. <laughs> Apollo 15 mission commander David Squat was wearing his Speedmaster that, ga- that had a major malfunction. The crystal had popped out during a, an EVA. Impossible. It's a, it's a lie. A moonwalk. I know. And he has permission to NASA to use his personal backup watch. Um, and his backup watch was a Boulevard prototype that didn't make the NASA cut, the, that had won the contract. The, so he took the prototype that was gifted to him by Bulova. Um And since Omega watches were government issued, they were returned. And they're, they now, they're now in the Smithsonian Museum. But Commander Scott kept his watch along with a bunch of other shit that he took up to the moon trying to sell it. <laughs> yes. We, we have a, a huge... Uh, I'll talk about that for an episode, right? I don't remember what it was. The Space what? Watch episode. Can the I... Space Watch episode? <laughs> just one uh, one quick comment. Is it possible that this guy sabotaged the Speedmaster? So, so first of all, is it possible that Bulova paid the guy to take this watch up in, in space? And then somehow sabotage the speedmaster just so that he can wear the the boulevard to give him the story. I mean, I mean that's possible. I feel that after all these years, that would have been leaked in some way. Uh, or unless and I also think it's possible to not to say anything. I also think it's possible that all speedmaster owners are a bunch of fucking assholes who want to protect their watches, <laughs> saving grace. Well, yeah. you know what? I, <laughs> yeah, I actually agree with you with this one. I personally know one who's a terrible, terrible human being. I see him every day. <laughs> <laughs> Can't get away from him. <laughs> no, every time I see, look in the mirror, he's just like smiling. He just look at back me. at me. He's smiling he's at me. He did, I look in the mirror. He just gives you that. <laughs> he gives me the finger. Yeah, that asshole. So, Bulova wanted to call it the Moonwatch, but uh, Omega had objected. Well, Omega is like a Ferrari <laughs> of the of in twenty fifteen. <laughs> Commander Scott auctioned it off, and it fetched one point six million dollars. Um, and when that happened, it seemed to be. Like the the idea that made Bulova say, you know what, we're gonna relaunch the moon, oh. the lunar pilot, <laughs> and also they went on the Omega route and a new limited edition per quarter for five years. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so the reissue is fantastic. Um, we've had a chance to own all of them, uh, except for the new 50th anniversary. Um, Carl had the regular one that's brushed. I had the polished one that had the old writing. I had the peep, the black one. Um, and then there's a 50th anniversary. What's great about these watches is that it comes with a, a high-frequency quartz at 262 um, uh, hertz. So when you actually depress or engage the chronograph, the second hand is going to go into the tenths of a second. So you'll be able to actually uh, use it as uh, very accurately. The watch comes with a beautiful emblem on the back commemorating Apollo 15, commemorating the coordinates or the geolocation of the launch site. Um, and it's a, it's a wonderful watch. And, and we, we've seen this watch. You're able to get it for approximately 400 Canadian dollars if you search well. Uh, but they run brand new for about 500 Canadian dollars directly from Bulova, uh, except for the 50th anniversary, of course. But you're talking about a watch with a lot, its own history, its own right. Um, and w- while the Moon Swatch is trying to take from that Omega heritage, this one runs all the way on its own and uh, is is really well built. We've all we've had it. It is a wonderful watch. And so if I'm going to get into the specs real quick because I didn't get a chance to go into them, it's, it's a larger watch. You're looking at a watch that comes in at 45 millimeters, uh, but that's a proper 
you know, watch if you could be wearing a, a spacesuit over it. 20 millimeter lug width, sapphire crystal, something that the, the moon swatch does not have. And it has a three pronged quartz system with a frequency of 262 kilohertz. That's eight times greater than the standard quartz to make sure to, to, to ensure the, the, the level of accuracy that this watch carries. So it's a very, very beautiful watch. And I'm still even considering if I can pick up because it's still not sold out the 5000 versions of that Lunar Pilot 50th anniversary because it's beautiful that gray and gold and it's again those gold pushers. Anyways, I think that's a really good alternative to the moon swatch that people are just looking right over maybe because it's Boulevard. But again, this is a swatch with Omega branding. So that's my third pick. It's a very good pick. I was going to say, uh, uh, Moonswatch is trying to take from Omega now, but Boulevard has been doing this for years. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, for, 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 for me, the uh, the the case back on the uh, Lunar Pilot is like, it's so such a like, look, look, guys, we did it. That was the date. This is where we went. <laughs> I, the design is very <laughs> awesome, though. I really love the flat crystal on top, right? It's a, such a cool oh, yeah. look for so the watch. I wish, I wish, honestly, I didn't get unlucky with the quality control. I, I, I really, really like this watch, and I would have owned it for sure. Even now, like I probably would have owned the Speedmaster and the, and the Bula yeah. because I love the, I love the VHP. I don't have a VHP in my collection, and I would love to have one. That's super precise, yeah. Anyway, oh great! So who's next? Uh, I'm next, and it's my uh, last pick. Oh no. Oh no! Great. I think we're all at our last pick. It's your last pick, and then Dimitri and I each have one more pick. Yeah, it's gonna be a soundbite. Okay. Um, so w one of the big um, the big plus side of owning a, a moon swatch is that you can participate in the uh, circle jerk of owning a speedmaster. So you know, no, all really. those speedmasters owner go like, oh, you know, NASA space exploration, blah blah blah. Like it's a military grade watch. You can go to the moon with it, right? But, um, but so avoid human rooms, though. Don't go to human rooms. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> there's no water on in space. There's a water. There's a water. There's a there's a swimming pool, hundred meters away from me. I can't go near it. <laughs> it's the mist that gets you. <laughs> uh, do the dishes, and uh, your watch is on the counter, and it's dead. <laughs> um, so with that thinking, that you know, I think that the whole having um, a reference to an entity like NASA, all those things. I, I, I went and I think, what what can you buy today that can give you some sort of, um, you know, oh, this is used right now to with this entity to this business or this uh, field. Uh, and the first thing I went to mind is uh, you can get real military watches today for almost nothing. Uh, I own one. <laughs> so I went with CWC, so the Cabot Watch Company. Uh, the only thing is I was looking at their quartz uh, palette, so for the uh, Royal Air Force, it's a bit pricey uh, to be uh, an alternative, let's say, to the moon uh, swatch. It's 500 pounds <laughs> sterling. So it's getting a bit up there. So I was on their website and I was like, maybe you don't need a chrono. <laughs> maybe you can just get something else that is nice and also has all the background with the military. Uh, so I own a G10, uh, but they also offer a GS. Um, so the GS is uh, pretty much the design from the G10 Fat Boy from the 80s. Uh, almost identical in every way. The only big difference is they bumped up all the specs. So sapphire glass on top of it. Uh, it's two hundred water, uh, two two hundred meters water resistance. Um, it's still fixed lug. Uh, the lugs uh, fixed lugs are still eighteen millimeters, and the case is still thirty nine point five with crown, thirty six point five without. So the GS is uh, 
G10 on steroids. That's the only, the best way to describe it. If you want a G10, but you don't want that five uh, ATM and that uh, plastic uh, crystal because the military are requesting stuff like that, right? Uh, the G10 is a disposable watch. Uh, but it's the true to form. That's also another thing that you can go when you own a Speedmaster. You want the truest to the form. <laughs> and he said, I don't want anything that's good. I only want things are shit. <laughs> Because anyway, as soon as there's uh, humidity in the air, my watch is done. Um, <laughs> so the GS Sapphire uh, goes for 250 uh, pounds. If you could just go with a bare bone G10, Uh, it's 200 pounds. So I felt it was pretty much uh, in the same ballpark as a 260 bucks US moon swatch. But if you really want to step up your game and get that uh, Royal Air Force Pilot Quartz from uh, CWC, it's all the same uh, level of specification as the GS. So it's Sapphire, it's uh, 200 meters water resistance. Uh, it It's also uh, a different movement. So it's the uh, Ronda uh, 5030 quartz uh, in the RF. On the GS, it's uh, a Ronda 715. So you can have both with or without date um, in both cases. So that was an alternative for me just because I think there's the whole background of, you can say, have the whole story with your CWC watch that's still today used by military. Uh, it's, an, uh, it's a design that dates from like one lifetime ago while the Speedmaster is like two lifetime ago. <laughs> uh, but but for me, it's just a better chrono if you go with a chrono, but it's a bit expensive. So just you go with the GS, it's more or less the same thing. The spec just blew out the, the moon sweat out of the water and it's stainless steel case. It feels solid when you use it. Fixed lug, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's a NATO monster because CWC really do nice NATOs. <laughs> Um, so that was my last pick, a bit of a departure there because it's not a chrono, my pick per se. It's a GS Sapphire stainless steel. Uh, so that's a field watch. Uh, but you can also get the Pilot um, chrono, just double the price. <laughs> so yeah, last two pick, but I personally choose the GS. Did it, did it make sense? I'm, I'm crazy. I you're crazy. Me. Uh, yeah. Yes. Oh, you're crazy. Sense, so let's move on. Yeah, move on. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> move on. Next. Thanks, thanks for this, we're, though. We're not going to burn you today. <laughs> You're a witch. <laughs> Please emphasize exactly. on today. You have like a 24-hour period. Enjoy it. <laughs> um, my, next, my next watch uh, is another Japanese watch. And uh, it's probably, like, I don't know, my, my top maybe three favorite brands. It's the Casio G-Shock. Surprise, surprise. Uh, really, really love G-Shocks, and I, I'll be honest. Like I go to, um, I don't necessarily go to G-Shock like .ca or .com. I go to uh, places like Seiya Japan, the watch store uh, that imports you like Japanese-made or for Japan market uh, uh, G-Shocks. Also, there's a website called Shopping in Japan. They have like really cool, unique versions of G-Shocks. Uh, so this version, yeah. it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a G-Shock that's based on a classic DW5600, which I own. Which is you know in the Guinness Book of Records because it's an indestructible watch and this watch that actually was in space and probably still is taken in space to space by uh, cosmonauts or astronauts. But this version is like a soup-top version. I think to me at least it's my favorite classic, let's say DW5600 version of a G-Shock that's not metal. So this model is it's it's a G-Shock GW-M5610UBC. 
DASH-1JF Multiband 6. So this is a souped-up version of a classic DW5600. It's a plastic case, but it has a, um, a, bl a completely blacked-out screen, or reverse screen, I'm not sure exactly what the term is used for this. So your 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 actual screen is all black, but the but the markings, the the seconds and the minutes are uh, what's, the lighter what's color. What's the reference again? The reference again is GW dash M fifty six hundred fifty six ten UBC uh, one. I'm gonna send you a link to a website. A one BF. Yeah, this is the link I'm sending you. Yeah, I have that watch. I have that watch. Yeah. So that one, you have that one specific, eh? It's, it's yeah, great. This is the one that comes on the um, on a combi, yeah. like a yeah, on the combi bracelet so, that I love so A lot so of much. things, a lot of things. I'm gonna get a, a lot of things about it that I, very appeal to me a lot. So first of all, it's it's uh, I think it's the best of let's say all possible uh, mechanisms that they put in the 5600. This one has modules. Uh, well, yeah, modules exactly. So this one features an atomic clock, which automatically syncs depending on where you are with the time, and at the same time it has uh, it's solar powered. So that gives you that extra kind of advantage over the regular quartz powered watches. That's design wise, I really like the blacked out screen. Um, but the other thing that's really a distinctive feature of this watch is the bracelet itself. It's not a standard plastic one, this is a combi bracelet that combits because it has metal pieces and plastic pieces. It actually feels like a bracelet and it has a, like a proper clasp. Very, very good watch. Uh, all of that also, again, look with the classic. Uh, uh, 5600 uh, robustness and indestructibility, uh, 200 meter water resistance, and all kinds of different features on the watch. I don't know if I'm going to go through the list. It's, the list is very long. Uh, all this you can have for 240 bucks Canadian. So it's expensive for a G-Shock, but it's probably one of the better G-Shocks that you can find. Well, it's probably the only one you ever need. Yeah. <laughs> level, yeah. I, I also feel that any G-Shock does everything so any g-shock is the only watch you will ever need <laughs> yes yeah but this one is the the module in this one what makes it particular is that atomic clock the level of legibility it's a little bit uh you know more refined in the module the combi bracelet is excellent um it's like the g-shock to get the only advice i'll give anyone who's shopping for g-shocks when you get into those negative displays like that, negative display, I like it, it is, sorry. but it's very, very difficult to read the time at a glance right. if you're in any compromised lighting. Yeah, but you, yeah, yeah, but when you're when you look cool, nothing is working pretty okay, right? It's a yeah, cool factor. Most of, the, <laughs> most of the people who buy G-Shocks, they want it to fu it's functional, right? <laughs> so. Like even the new Casio, the Casio Oaks, like I'm just waiting for that watch to come out with an atomic clock and to come out on a metal bracelet and I'm all over that. But like I love the G square, the square G that I have because it's the same module that you described, Dimitri. Oh yeah, but that with one also has metal. a Bluetooth though, doesn't it? It's a full Bluetooth. So the Bluetooth, I don't find it too, too useful, but you can connect it to your phone. And it syncs you as well, find right? your Yeah, well, it, it, yeah, but I don't, uh, but you have to always um, force the connection. Right, okay, so it doesn't do it automatically, right. okay, I see what you mean. No. But it makes sense, otherwise so, it would kill the battery the very quickly. the atomic clock is better. The atomic clock is better, you're accurate yeah. to the second, right? I agree. Uh, but there's cool things you can put, like you can adjust the amount of time you want the light to stay on. You can also do it like, uh, with like, I don't know if your Fitbit does it, or whatever. like if you lift your wrist, it oh, it does that on for seconds. Oh, really? Yeah. My Fitbit does so that, obviously, cool but does the, the Casio does that too? Yeah, that's a so Casio. That's what I mean. Oh, yeah. so it has like a sensor, basically, like a proximity sensor yeah. or something. That's very or like you a, lift it up, a gyroscope. It'll turn on. So if ever you just need to lift up your wrist, but then 
Yeah, but you're right. So I, I agree with you, Carl. It's uh, if it looks good, no one gives a shit. And those, <laughs> those full metal G's, yeah. But this one is very um, utilitarian. The one that Dimitri just shared. It's the combi bracelet. It's really lightweight. It's it's awesome. Yeah, I love it, that it's watch. very cool. I, I really love this watch. I don't know if I'm yeah, gonna buy that because it's basically yet another DW5600 for me. But uh, maybe <laughs> uh, I've been looking at them for for a while. Uh, every time that Dima was saying like uh, inverted instead of negative display, yeah. I, I can only imagine uh, like the numbers are like on the wrong way. <laughs> no, imagine <laughs> this. It's like it's turning left. No, no, I was going to say it, it's like upside down. The dial is on your wrist, facing your wrist. So you <laughs> yeah. have to take the watch off your wrist to be able to tell time. <laughs> you always you thought at the it was case. all in Cyrillic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, you're right. Um, so yeah, that's my third pick. Uh, Great pick. Love, love G-Shocks. Can't go wrong with Casio. God so my last watch, <laughs> my last watch is another um, kind of a watch geek or um, more for the enthusiast if you're a watch uh, collector. <coughs> so the Seagull 1963. I'm going with a Chinese special. <laughs> it's um, <laughs> it's a cult classic. It has its own following, uh, and what makes this watch so, um, you know, wonder wonderfully, you know. Uh, attractive as a value proposition is that it is not a quartz chronograph it is a mechanical chronograph and at the same price of that you can get a um, moon swatch and it comes with some authentic roots military roots so the the chinese mechanical watch it's a military chronograph and it's a lot like And it lines itself literally with the the likes of the Blancpain 50 Fathoms, the Rolex Sub, Vostok, Amphibia, and Omega Speedmaster. And the reason I'm, I'm naming those watches that all those watches had affiliations to the military. And just like you were talking about, Carl, CWC, yeah. this Seagull does have affiliations directly with the Chinese military. Um, now, it's not Swiss. It's not German. It's not Japanese. It is a Chinese chronograph. And the watch comes in um, at a very, how can I say, the um, a good representation of what that watch came out in 1963. Um, in, and the People's Liberation Army had commissioned the Tianjin Watch Factory to create a chronograph, an official watch for them. And they, they named it Project 304. And the timepiece used was um, used the caliber 175 from the Swiss company Venus. It's a column wheel that's present in most of the 1940s and 1950s chronograph, including chronographs from Breitling. So the Tianjin bought the movement from Venus and then developed it even further. And you can even find some of these movements in the Strela chronographs that were and then it ended up in space. So they created their first chronograph movement, the Seagull ST19, and since then. The watch, that movement has become super popular as an affordable mechanical chronograph movement. Um, it, the, the movement features 21 to, uh, 19 to 21 joules, depending on the production, has 40 hours of power reserve. So these reissues come out looking very similar to the original one in 1963. 38 millimeter in diameter. The, uh, I think it's a little over 13 millimeters thick. <coughs> Excuse me acrylic crystal so it's very true to form and for those that want something a little bit different they have models that go up to 40 to 42 millimeters in diameter with sapphire crystal and an exposed case back hmm. these watches are actually quite beautiful i've used them applied indices 
and it has um, a wonderful exposed case back to really see that movement in all its glory. And that chronograph itself um, is one that has so much, let's say, um, influence now. That movement is found in the Baltic chronograph. In the Summer Watch episode when I shared Studio Under a Good Dog, it is that chronograph movement as well. Um, there is also um, a number of brands that is using that movement in order to to make their chronograph uh, affordable. It's a workhorse, a column wheel chronograph, and uh, something that uh, definitely should not be overlooked. True to form, um, military inspired. If you can get over the idea of it being Chinese, uh, but it is a geek watch. Yeah. And um, I think that everyone should own one of these in their collection at one point because it is a fantastic watch to have owned. I think it's really, really great. It, okay. it is a really nice watch. And you can always have the mentality of like, you know, visit them before they visit you. So buy a Chinese watch now. And <laughs> Good Lord. <laughs> uh, the right mentality. Yeah. yeah. I, I remember um, you, used to, you used to have it. It's a very cool watch, especially I think the, the open case back. Right, like it's it's so much watch for the price because the open case yeah. shows that mechanical chronograph, and it's like yeah. owning basically like a Sapphire Sandwich Speedmaster. It's the same price as a Moon Swatch, and you have a mechanical chronograph, and you can get one with Sapphire Crystal. You can get one in three different sizes and uh, with warranty and everything for a movement that's been around for decades. So, voila. So that was my pick. Did nice. anyone else send any other picks? Yeah, I have a, a quick soundbite. Um, Awesome. So this one is uh, is the watch brand that we I think overdue to have a special episode about. It's Citizen. We have never we've talked we we talk about potentially doing an episode about them, but we never actually dedicated an episode to Citizen. I think they deserve to have one on their own. Um, I think so. A watch actually watch this watch brand actually hit a hundred years uh, just a couple of years ago. I think in twenty eighteen uh, they turned a hundred years old. They've always been, uh, uh, along with Seiko, maybe a little bit of a smaller production than Seiko, but they've always been at the forefront of Japanese watchmaking throughout their whole history. And if, like any other watch brand, they're always focused on trying to innovate, trying to do something else. And uh, they also were, uh, one, uh, I think, played a very, very major role in creating the quartz crisis by, by starting to mass produce quartz movements on a production line, which I think they still have that production line, that sh but uh, significantly improved since they've started using it. Uh, they they kind of they strive to make watches light, uh, thin, and also uh, consuming a, lo a little power. So they have a lot of solar-powered watches. Uh, they have a lot of uh, watches that are trying to be very precise. Uh, actually, I think uh, in 2018, they have released um, a super high-precision quartz. It was, a, it was a prototype, but that watch was precision, uh, precise to plus minus one second per year. It was not a prototype. It's, it's very limited production edition, now. but they had it, yeah. I think it's called 0100 uh, movement. Uh, That's right. It's, it's crazy, right? I don't know of any other brand. We know other VHP watches that are plus minus five seconds, but uh, the, the plus minus one second per year, it's something completely unreal. So the watch yeah. I'm talking about, it's a, a Citizen Promaster chronograph, 200 meter diver. It's a chronograph diver that has a solar, uh, a solar quartz movement, very similar to the speed timer that I was talking earlier about. The difference is that this is more catered to uh, divers, so it has, but honestly, every watch that we talked about has a pretty decent water resistance rating. Uh, this watch is a big watch. It's a 45-millimeter uh, uh, 45 45 case, 13.8 thick, but it's, it has an ISO certification. Uh, it's an ISO divers diver, 200-meter water resistance. Uh, 
Um, the reason why um, I'm just sending you guys the link. The reason why I think we haven't really talked much about Citizen. I don't think any of us actually own Citizen. It's because nope. just I don't. I, st- I still can't find the design that that I like. Uh, I think it's a very good uh, watch to own because it has a, a precision of plus minus 15 seconds per month. Uh, it has more things than you can ever think of and consider, especially if we're comparing against the Moon's Watch. It's a lot more watch than the Moon's Watch is ever able to be. Uh, you can buy this watch for $412 Canadian. There's a lot of different Japanese stores that sell um, watches made for the Japanese market that are not necessarily available retail in uh, US or Canada or in Europe, but there are mm-hmm. many different websites. One of them is Seiya Japan right now. They have it for 400 bucks. Cool watch. Maybe it's a bit in the larger size, uh, but it's a very good alternative, non-expensive of a watch that you will probably wear and you know, won't have to, uh, won't have to uh, bring for maintenance in 10, 15 years. So yeah, yeah, and I think Citizen is legendary for their eco drive, the solar movement. Well, this is what it is. This one has that eco drive solar movement. And I think what's cool is that the eco drive you can just absorb, they can charge the battery with any light, not any light sources, not only sunlight. So that really gives it another um, factor. I think that makes it quite appealing as a as a no nonsense watch. I have to say, I really like their new <coughs> Pro Master divers that were just released. I mean, this is a yeah. titanium diver, 200 meters, the Fugu. And had, there's a green one I was thinking of you, Dima, because you're looking at the Speedmaster, the Seamaster. But this one is an incredible value proposition. ISO certified uh, diver for some titanium with ceramic uh, bezel. I think it's something like two, it's like $600. Yeah, no, it's, it's beautiful. I'm looking at it right now. I, I really like the green one, but it, it reminds me a lot of the yeah. Sumo that I've owned, uh, except that the crown yeah. is on the yeah. direct opposite side, right? So it's not... Uh, the crown is not at four o'clock. The crown is at uh, what uh, seven o'clock. It, it's a it's a Destro case. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, very very cool, cool. Which I do like the bezel quite a bit. Uh, I like that it's uh, very it's puffy, like you said. You said puffy. <laughs> yeah, fish. We should definitely do a um, we should definitely do um, an episode on Citizen. Uh for sure, for sure. I think they deserve it. So do they shared the, <laughs> the <laughs> Chrono Master? Yeah. We'll tell Citizen that we did an episode about them just so that they feel good about themselves. So if you guys out there have different options of what you think should be a good alternative to this Moon's Watch, what do you think they should be? Share them with us. We'd be happy to hear of them. Um, and definitely, if you get your hands on a Moon's Watch, you know, send it our way. We'll be happy to, re- to have a look at it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But I think, I, I can't remember if at the beginning of the episode you, you, you mentioned that, but we didn't answer that question. Now that the hype is kind of dying down a little bit, or maybe subsiding a little bit, do you guys actually want to buy this watch anymore? No. Short answer, no. <laughs> same for me. I, I, Doing yeah. the research in this, I'd rather get one of the watches we just shared. Yeah. Same, same for me. I think you can just get so much better. Like, even, like, something I like about watches is the weight, right? When we get a watch that's super heavy, you go like, oh, that's so nice. Yeah. Right? So... Today we saw that for literally the same dollar or even less, you can have a full stainless steel watch, bracelet, and case. Yeah, milled. Even also, better spec. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. Even better spec on everything, versus uh, what they call bioceramic. But come on, it's plastic. So, so yeah, I don't know. I, I think it's a nice novelty, and like if I can see one in the wild, I go, ooh, nice. Am I gonna go out and give them my? Uh, 
uh, dollars? I don't think so. Um, and to and to your point, you know, even forget the weight. We 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 shared watches. I think today that had a lot of history, that have their own that are watch geek watches as well. More connoisseurs, not just you know um, hype run of the mill watches. Exactly or hype and watches that are are now kind of discontinued. If you get your hands on them, they're just going to go up in value at the same price or even cheaper. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. After the you know doing this research, I definitely don't want to do the get the moon swatch anymore. But I mean, I only wanted to get it because I, I wanted to get it first, right? And probably resell Experience it, right? It exactly. Maybe. Uh, but that's it. Uh, so speaking so, of which, so, uh, so so you're part of the hype. <laughs> you're yeah, part yeah. of the problem. I mean, honestly, it was fun. Like, because uh, we went out, yeah. we, we we waited in line, right? We didn't get it, but like it was fun. I never waited waited in line for for a watch before, so it was a cool experience because we met a bunch of interesting people. We had a nice conversation as we were waiting. <clears throat> It was exactly. uh, it was fun. Yeah. I think that that part was fun. Uh, just uh, one thing I was gonna add uh, as I was looking for different watch traps, I went to Uncle Seiko and goddammit, it, they just released the the sixty two mass uh, uh, bracelets specific, right? And two of them they made the Jubilee and the regular like a three oh, link. Oh yeah. And I'm like, goddamn it! In my head, I'm like, damn it, Dimitri, you don't need it, you don't need it, you don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> but my hand is about to say, buy now. <laughs> buy now, exactly. Add to cart. Awesome. Cool. So again, if you have any options on what you would buy instead of the Moon's Watch, are you still into the hype? Let us know. Um, and uh, we hope that you guys have a great week. Thanks for tuning in. Peace out. Ciao. So if you enjoyed this episode, please reach out to us on Big Black Clock Official on Instagram or email us at bigblackclockteam at gmail.com. Send us your pictures, corrections, ideas, insults, and let us know if there are any pieces you want us to review. With, of course, the caveat that we can afford them. As always, be good to each other, eat good food, have some drinks. For those of you always watch shopping, happy hunting. Thanks for spending time with us, and we will see you next week.